Our introduction will be uh, quite short today, and I want to welcome you to Transformation Intensive. We're now Movement One, Week Seven, Noticing Patterns of Sin. Let me tell you where we're going tonight so you'll be prepared. After a short introduction, we're going to watch a 20-minute film that highlights uh, the reality of forgiveness and of a confession of sins and the possibility of reconciliation. Um, I want to just bring into focus this one line of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, uh, just to bring into focus how central this teaching is to our Christian faith, how much of a part of it, of our daily um, rhythm of prayer has to do with the forgiveness of sins. So I think one of the things that will come into focus um, tonight and in the week ahead is that as we start uh, dealing with the patterns of sin in our life, we inevitably come up against the fact that a lot of our sin is a reaction to other people's sin against us. And so, and as much as we are seeking the forgiveness of God, we are also being challenged to forgive those who've sinned against us. So, uh, Neff, if you would come up. Um, you might recognize uh, Neftali Mata from Sunday morning because he serves in all kinds of different capacities. Um, uh, Neff is the, I guess you would call kind of like the narrator or the director of this story. And I asked him if he would just say a little bit about what this whole experience was like for him and then we'll start the video. All right. Um, I didn't realize I was speaking until this moment, but that's okay. Um, I can handle it. Short uh, thing. So for up until recently, for the last four years, I've been working in a post-prison ministry context. And um, you just never know what you're going to uh, deal with when you deal with the focal point of human brokenness, at least in how our world understands it. And I never saw myself in this type of ministry before, so um, short version, you'll even hear me say it in this video. I was not prepared for what God threw my way. And uh, you're going to see this moment where these the two main characters of this video uh, meet face-to-face -face for the first time. Oh. One, uh, his son was murdered. The other one murdered his son. And from the main view of the video, I'll be off screen in like the left-hand side of that. So just imagine me over there trying not to cry my eyes out in a very loud, obnoxious way because I know the video's rolling. Um, and I've seen this video like 20 times, and I lived it, and I still experience this very real parable of how much God loves us. Um, so yeah, so all I will say when you watch this is, yes, this really did happen. Yes, I have no idea how this happened and why God thought I could help orchestrate any of this, but he did. 
And thirdly, and I think maybe most importantly, is that even though there's really two main characters and I'm like kind of the storyteller of it, because I was the bridge between these characters, there's a lot of other characters you'll see in this video and they all matter. And without all these characters, I don't think this moment happens. So um, while you're watching it, just feel free to put yourself in anyone's shoes because I know I've probably put myself in about every person's shoes in this video. So I hope you'll be blessed. Five minutes here and uh, give you these um, questions that maybe you just, there's something from that film that really sp spoke to you that you want to just pray with that. Um, otherwise, uh, I would just give you these questions to ponder. Um, first of all, is there someone you need to forgive? Uh, also, is there anyone whose forgiveness you are seeking? And what is God saying to you about his heart of compassion? for you and for others. Uh, you don't have to answer all of them or any of them, but those are some prompts that might guide you in the next five minutes. And I'll give you a one minute warning and then Karis Buell will lead us in some music. You can be seated and I want to give you just a little bit of guidance for next week. If you're following along in the notebook, we're on page 44. First movement, week seven, noticing patterns of sin. At the beginning of this week, we will complete the chronicle of our lives that we started last week, although this may unfold for you for many weeks to come. And then we'll ask for the grace to notice patterns in our behaviors. Uh, this means working with the spirit to dig below the surface to look at the roots from which our sinful behaviors arise. It's a time to face those things in ourselves that we find unlovely, unlikable, uh, life-controlling fears, pride, self-hatred, greed, and the like. Uh, perhaps most painful of all, we face the sin that weakens and destroys our most precious relationships. And in that place of radical honesty with ourselves and with God, we ask for a personal experience of God's radical and unconditional love for us. Um, let me walk you through some of the materials for this week. There are actually some very challenging things in addition to looking at your life and opening it up to the searching love of the Holy Spirit. Um, if you will turn with me in the prayer section of your notebook to page 19, what is called the Triple Colloquy. This is the Prayer Resource Section, page 19. I could have come up with another name for colloquy, but I kind of like it because it's so different. I think it gets our attention. Colloquy just means a little conversation. And in this exercise, Ignatius is suggesting to us 
kind of a layer, a, a layering of our expressing our desires before God. Let me just read this to you. The word colloquy means a little conversation. It's a conversational form of prayer that is honest and familiar, relaxed rather than formal. A triple colloquy simply means that the prayer is made up of three little conversations that build upon each other. It is both a way of prayer and an imaginative exercise that helps the person praying clarify his or her deepest Holy Spirit-inspired desires. It's a good idea to write down some of these colloquies in your prayer journal in a bullet point form or a paragraph form and then to review them periodically. Um, and generally this form of prayer is recommended at the beginning or ending of a long prayer period, longer prayer period. So for example, if you know you have 45 minutes or an hour, you might wanna pray the triple colloquy first and then say work on the timeline of your life where you know you kind of want to go some deep places in this prayer, so let's, let's use this at the beginning point. Um, so there are three of these colloquies. The first one, in a traditional um, Ignatian triple colloquy, would actually begin with a conversation with Mary. Let me explain this to you. One, you don't have to pray to Mary. No one is saying you have to do this. Um, but understand Ignatius's context. In Ignatius's context, there's still actually some fear around um, like the majesty of Jesus and like the anger of the Father. So for them, like the safest person to relate to would be Mary. You know, dad's kind of mean, but Mary's nice. So just kind of try to put yourself in his mindset and maybe think about your relationship to the Trinity. Who do you feel most comfortable with? Um, I've talked to people who say, oh, I can pray to the Father, but to Jesus, that's kind of hard for me. Or like, the Holy Spirit, that seems like way down there. I would have no idea how to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. So you might want to actually look at your own understanding of the Trinity and begin your colloquy with a person of the Trinity with whom you already have the most sort of comfort and familiarity with. Um, I've listed scripture in here that I think gives you this really clear sense that, yes, you can, the Holy Spirit's involved in our prayer, Jesus is involved, the Father isn't is involved. Um, one of the uh, uh, explanations of this prayer that I heard that I thought was really compelling, it's like when you're a child and you need or want something from your parents and you might um, say something happens during your school day and you run home and you just kind of blurt it all out to your mom unfiltered. And then a little later in the day, maybe you're having dinner as a family and your, meanwhile, your mom has had another conversation with your dad. Boy, you know, Sue, she had such a hard day. Maybe you should ask her about that at dinner. So then Sue is going to repeat what happened that she already told her mother. Now she's going to tell her dad. But it's going to be a little different because she's addressing dad instead of mom. Um, experiment with this type of prayer. I think what you'll find is that when you start it, you're kind of vague about what you're asking for from God. And by the time you get to the third one, you're like really clear about what it is you're asking for from the Lord. So experiment with that and see how that goes. All right, if you'll turn now to um, the articles section of your notebook. One of the things that Ignatius prescribes for this point in the spiritual exercises is that we would do a meditation on hell. Um, I have to say this is a little challenging, I think, for most of us. 
to do a meditation on hell. So I've given you two resources to help you enter maybe into this in a way that will be powerful but nonetheless accessible. Um, I've given you an excerpt. <coughs> this is page 41 in the resource section, page 41. This is a resource from The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. And let me give you one simple clue if you're not already familiar with this. Anytime it refers to the spirit, S-P-I-R-I-T with a capital S, that is someone who is already in the heavenly country coming to give some aid to these other characters which are called ghosts, which have not quite made up their minds whether or not they want to journey to the heavenly country. So the ghosts, think of them as sort of like wispy and cloud-like and the spirits as being like really solid, real people. And if you just have that clear, if you see the spirit talking, you know that's the solid person and the ghost is the one who hasn't made up their mind yet. So what I love about this, um, I actually teach this when I teach at College of DuPage, is it kind of gets you, be, it, it gets you to sort of the like, the kind of sins of the heart that can become so precious to us as in Lord of the Rings, my precious, like that kind of precious, that like we would rather like choose hell, right, than like enter into the heavenly country. So I love what he does with that. If for some reason like you just can't connect with that, don't sweat it, just let it go. Um, a couple of pages down on page 46 is um, a modern uh, paraphrase of Ignatius's meditation on hell. So I won't walk, that, walk you through that, but I do, um, I do recommend that to you in part because it's not only sort of imagining what would my life be if I just kept saying no, 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 no to God through a lifetime. Um, where would that take me? But also to think uh, with great compassion for those who, who do that very thing and maybe are even now living in hell. Um, they haven't even died yet they're already there because of their continual saying no. Um, and that this may give you some, just a, a deeper, more nuanced way of looking at where are the ways that I'm saying no to God right now that he might be inviting me to say yes to. Um, so let me, I do want to pray uh, for you as you continue this, this work uh, into the next week. Holy Spirit of God, thank you that your light is shining upon our hearts as we open them. And we do ask for more light, for more of the light of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus, thank you that you understand our weaknesses, that you are the great high priest, and that we can approach you with confidence knowing that you know our weakness and our frailty as human beings that you sympathize with our weakness. And Holy Father, we, uh, we, we love you. Um, thank you for the, uh, this beautiful example of Pastor Vargas and his uh, embracing uh, this man who sinned against him. Thank you for those tears that show us something of the Father's heart to us. Thank you for the, the loving embrace of his wife. 
and the ways that reveals also the softness of love to us. And so now, Lord, we do ask for the grace to pray that you would give to each of us just a desire, a longing to be in your presence, to snatch away as many times as we can to pray. And would you be in our awareness in the background all day long to hear the whispers of your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.